Hey, welcome to Shit We Don't Talk About, powered by Helix Interactive. This is the show where we talk about the things that need to be discussed more openly and honestly and more often. I'm your host, Mia Voss, and if you like what you hear today, make sure to subscribe to the podcast and share with your friends. My guest today is Erin Moore. She's an expert dog trainer and dog pro strategist business coach. She also happens to know a little bit about trauma. Tune in as we talk about our own trauma experiences, spoiler alert, we all have them, and get some great advice about recognizing and healing trauma. Strap in. It gets good. Here we go. Hi. Hey, it's good to see you. You too. I'm so it's happy to, to have here. you here. Yes. Yeah, me too. Today we're going to talk about something that is in your wheelhouse. It's actually mm-hmm. in everyone's wheelhouse. You just have a very interesting take on it, and that is trauma, as I said, mm-hmm. not just for your mama. We all we all have it. And I, I started to tell you this in the green room. I got a message from a friend of mine this weekend and he said something about trauma. And then he said, Well, it's not really trauma, it's just all my childhood anxiety. I'm like, dude, <laughs> that's trauma. AKA <laughs> fucking trauma. Okay. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I think people just like to call it different words so they can get around it. Uh, but I think taking the taking the shame out of trauma is yeah. the biggest, biggest thing out there. Well, I think a lot of it too is that so much of what's actually trauma has been so normalized in our society that people genuinely don't realize that it's traumatic and they're like, it's just life. Right. And so Mm -hmm. that's part of why we have the huge levels of trauma that we do in our society. It it has been normalized. So Mm -hmm. with that being said, then that's more of like, like you said, yeah, well, that's just, it is what it is. And Mm -hmm. so then the unpacking piece gets thrown out or not even Mm -hmm. even brought into question. So I love that you have such a unique take on it, which is working Mm -hmm. in the dog training world Mm -hmm. and uh, dive into it. Let's, let's talk about your trauma. We'll talk about mine. We'll talk about it in comparison (laughs) to dog training. And uh, I, I, I love this perspective. Let's get into it. Just some light conversation. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, just have a little, you know, a little tea biscuit, and we'll talk about this heavy. heavy we'll talk stuff, about trauma. But... <laughs> there we go. <laughs> tea and trauma. All right, there's a podcast for you. Tea and trauma. <laughs> We're on oh, something. Dear. Yep. Uh, yeah. So my trauma, I had a childhood developmental trauma in so many different areas. I, you know, my parents. Uh, got divorced when I was really young. Um, my, it, and I didn't know this at the time, but as far back as when my mom was pregnant with me, she had a brain tumor, which impacted and changed her personality and impacted and then obviously changed my growth in her womb because that's what happens. Um, so there was that, you know, after my parents got divorced, my mom remarried a pedophile. So there was that whole level of trauma there. Um, which went on for years. Then my mom died when I was 13, which is incredible. I mean, it's traumatic at any age, but at 13, that's a really fucking bad age to lose your mom. Absolutely. Um, after, you know, me coming out and telling her about what had been going on with her husband and she didn't believe me. And so there was that trauma there. And then there was, you know, my, my first boyfriend and my first sexual experience was rape. Wow. There was that trauma there. And then it just, you know, as, as happens with trauma, and I'm sure we'll get into this later, it, we, we stick in that cycle of it and we keep getting traumatized um, because of it. 
So right. that kind of led me to a career of working with animals. Um, Cause I'd always, animals were always safer for me, you know, from a kid, people were fucking unsafe, man. I don't want anything to do with them and animals sure. were safe. So that led me into a career working with animals and, and it kept me like the, the impact of that trauma and the healing that I had to do kept me so fucking stuck in my business for so long. Like I was just surviving, right? It was right. just like putting my head down and surviving. Um, until I eventually got to a point in my own healing where I was like, God, there's got to be fucking more than this. Like, mm. there's got to be. And I learned how to move through my trauma and how to actually use it. Um, one of my favorite sayings now is make your mess your message. And so how to actually use my trauma in my dog training, uh, which was really cool, like trauma-informed dog training. And then that moved me into looking around the industry and seeing how many women because the dog training industry is predominantly women and how many women in the dog training industry are walking around with unprocessed trauma and no support for it and how that impacts the industry as a whole. Um, and got me really focused on how do I help those women? How do I help dog trainers to move through their trauma and not have to stay stuck and not stay in survival mode for their sure. whole entire life? Cause we can move through it. And just get this this feeling of this the smallness of of what happens when you know that that's protection right there mm -hmm. and then I can also see it with working with dogs and pets and mm -hmm. animals as mm -hmm. you know becoming the savior that you never had right um, and yep. and I will tell you you and I I feel like we're separated at birth in, in the similarities yeah. of our uh, of our ex experiences mm -hmm. from that very very early age I just want to acknowledge too that this this thing with your mother having the tumor at that age that almost like yeah built into the 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 built into your DNA trauma, which yeah. you can, mm -hmm. you can work on and get past it, yeah. but the acknowledging of it and saying, that's some fucked up shit. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> like, of yeah. going through it. Um, and I, I have been using the word trauma as far as, you know, going through also going through childhood sexual abuse, um, mm -hmm. at the hands of my pedophile stepfather also. So that must've been a theme going on there. Folks, mm -hmm. uh, don't do it and stop that. And, um, yeah. My parents got divorced very uh, early as well at the age of two. So you do carry all this. Uh, there's no safe space at nope. all. And then and there's no boundaries. And there's no boundaries at all. Mm -hmm. it, it really does resonate even out into an, uh, I'm 55 and I still have to work through some of that shit as well. And, and one thing I, I came to a couple of years ago and you touched on it too, is the moving from that survival mode to a, a thriving mode. And that sounds like yeah. that's the point you got to as well. I love that you recognize that in your business as well to help mm -hmm. other women see like, yes, this is a great business you're in, but here's why you may have gotten to it. Yeah. And here's why, here's how it's keeping you stuck too. Right. Yes. Cause you know, when the thing about dog training is that it attracts people with trauma because they want to work with animals. But the truth of the matter is it's a people business. Yes. It's not an animal business. Dogs don't phone you up and say, hey, here's my credit card details. Can we please do some training, right? And here's and what's wrong with me. Here's what's going exactly, on Exactly. Totally. And you're not going to get results with the dog if you can't, as the trainer, get results with the person. And in order to get people to change their behavior, you need to connect with them. Mm. And so for people with trauma, humans cause trauma. So I want nothing to do with them. But the, he the, the flip side of that is connection is what, what allows healing. 
And so, so many people, so many female dog trainers are stuck in this place of being terrified of connecting because it's dangerous and scary, but that's the only way for them to get their clients results, but also the only way for them to get themselves through that and out of that uh, surviving place and into the thriving place. Yeah. What do you think the numbers are? And, and I, I, I love that because that is a start. Plus the dogs know. I mean, mm-hmm. they're, they're really, we talked about this when we did our pre-talk to the, mm-hmm. the, the cognitive nature of horses and mm-hmm. the, the, my fascination with them of, of being prey animals um, mm-hmm. so that they're, they're always on guard of like, what's, mm-hmm. what's going on? And I, I do think inherently women have that as well because yeah. we've just been taught to we've be conditioned. Are. Yes. Uh-huh. And that's normalizing the fear factor. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that fear is healthy. There's the, an, um, there's a guy that worked with with Oprah that wrote a, oh about the the power of fear. Uh, mm. Kevin DeBecker, I think his name is, and okay. I I love that. And he was like an FBI person that had dealt with people that had been stalked and so forth. So I love combining that information of yes, you have that that right. intuition based mm-hmm. on that, but then superpowering it and turning it out of fear into into energy. You know, on that note, that's one of the the really hard ways that trauma keeps us stuck is we ha- can have a hard time differentiating between what's my gut and my instinct that I need to listen to Ooh. and what's the trauma response, right? Yes. So is this a fear that like is real and, and I, I, there's an actual threat or is this PTSD or is this a trauma response? And that is so hard mm. to figure out. And that's, that's where a lot of people end up um, being re-traumatized as well as not being able to read that and just either completely discounting their gut, discounting it because it's like, well, this is just fucking trauma and I always feel like this. So how do I tell? Or right. going too far the other side where it's they're afraid of everything and they never try or do anything because the fear is so big. Oof, that is definitely, that. that's heavy. Do you feel like uh, do you feel like it's getting, there's, there's more awareness to it? I, I do feel like in the last four years, there's just been so much more awareness, starting with Me Too, which as we all know, really mm-hmm. turned into like a white women's brigade thing. And, and it really, uh, I personally feel, and I think we talked about this too, that it did exclude a lot of folks that have gone through extreme trauma. But I do feel in the last four or five years, we've had a lot more awareness of it. Um, and it does swing both ways of extreme. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like there's more of an awareness on what is trauma and that doesn't have to be your normal, certainly with the work that you do. You know, yes. And I think with anything, when, when we start making that change and we start having this, uh, that awareness, it's, it's going to happen where it's, people are going to take it to the other extreme, right? People are going to take it. And I see a lot of stuff um, around trauma where, there's so many different ways of tackling it. And some of the unhealthy ones are that it's all mindset, right? And you just need to like, you just need to think yourself out of it. And the thing about that is like, I'm a huge proponent of mindset. I really like my clients. I talk about mindset all the fucking time. We work on mindset stuff all the fucking time, but you have to also acknowledge when it comes to trauma, the physical fucking changes that happen to your brain that you can't just be like, Oh, I'm just going to think my way out of this change in in one go. Right. Like we're, we're reprogramming our brains with our, 
thinking and our mindset. Absolutely. But it's not just as easy as, oh, well, that's just mindset change. Change your mindset, right? That's really damaging. That's very damaging. Oh mm-hmm. my gosh. We, I had a guest on, one of the first guests that I had, we talked about anxiety mm-hmm. and how that can be that, that ersatz pull yourself up by your bootstraps kind of thing yeah. um, that it, it is super dangerous for people because then that alienates you even further. Yep. You're like, what's wrong with me that I can't just, yeah. you know, do this rah-rah bullshit thing. So, and I love me a good inspirational meme. Don't get me wrong. Sure. Yep. Put a cute animal on it. I'm all fucking in. <laughs> good to go. <laughs> <laughs> That's yep. right. But it, but it can, it can be damaging too. What are some of the other things that you see that, that can be habitual that people are doing? I like to do the what not to do's and the what to do. So what give, to give do's, me some yeah. of both. Um, I think it's on, on either extreme, there's the, and it's a boundaries thing too, right? Where people, a lot of people with trauma are looking for that connection without realizing that's what they're looking for. And they don't understand what, but this was me. Like this was my, I didn't know what boundaries were because they just never fucking existed in my world. And so. And this, and let me just add, especially for people like us that go through when someone has like full carte blanche access to you as a yep. child. And I mean, nothing you can do about it. There is not a thing you can do. And, and I just, I wanted to just acknowledge that too, because that's really where it comes from. I'm just having this moment of, of thinking of how powerful that was, how powerful I feel now. But right. I mean, that was the ultimate of, yeah. you do not even get to know what a boundary no, is. No, no. It, they just don't exist. And Mm-mm. trying to implement them is completely fucking useless because it's never going to work because they're Mm-mm. stronger and bigger than you. Yeah. Right. So all of that. And then, so for me, trying to connect with people involved, hi, nice to meet you. Here's my trauma story. Blech. And then the other people are like, whoa, I don't fucking know what to do with this or to do with you. And then they'd run for the hills. And then that would just perpetuate that cycle of people leave and people abandon me and people and I can't connect and there's something wrong with me. And there's so that's one of the, the, the things that I see and because and it's coming from a genuine place of needing and wanting to connect and heal and, and have that yeah. um, soothing. And it part of it, too, is a lot of trauma gets us thinking and feeling and expecting that other people control our emotions, Mm. right? Other people control our stuff because that was our truth. Other people controlled our stuff and we couldn't do anything about it. And as kids, we don't have the fucking tools to do that, right? To deal with or to self-soothe or to truth tell or to protect ourselves in any kind of way. And so a lot of, of women with trauma that I see, whether it's childhood or adult, um, externally look for the soothing and externally look for validation and externally look for healing rather than recognizing how much of that is actually within their control, even though it doesn't feel like it. Yes. I can definitely see the external piece to it that, and that manifests in so many different ways that can be, uh, that can be, um, you know, self self medicating, Mm-hmm. That and that can be in a lot of different things: sex, mm-hmm. relationships, yep. uh, people, pets, um, 
the whole the whole nine yeah. yards. What yeah. do you what do you what are your thoughts as well? I know that you work uh, with women, and mm-hmm. uh, to uh, how do you would do you work with men as well, or even yeah. like give them and, and that's okay. I'm just curious too um, if what kind of inclusivity you see out there for bringing men into the conversation is right right, for for trauma because they also are loving these women with trauma right bringing their own trauma in there too right and i think you know i talk mainly about it with women and i work mainly with with women but that doesn't mean that men don't experience trauma too right it's it's a it's a thing that impacts everybody it's not like a woman only thing women are more vulnerable to it women experience it more and on way deeper levels than than men tend to um and it's funny that you bring that up actually because my partner is working on within my program is working on some modules for the partners of my clients of here's how to support uh you know a powerful woman with trauma you know here's how to be in that supportive role too can i have that program please (laughs) when it's out and done i will send it to you yes please um and then we're also looking long term at him starting to build programs specifically for men um because it is needed It, it Uh-oh. Oh, I just it just cut out for a second. You said because it is needed. And and I agree a thousand percent with you because if we are going to be alienating and pushing people away, um, that's gonna perpetuate it. And I think the thing that that is really good to let men know, and I talk with Charlie about this a lot too, is the frustration of how the system and society is also geared for women. Uh and min- women, minorities, but specifically women of all types and all t- of, of every creed uh, to, to be put down by it. And whether that's 75 cents on the dollar, which is starting at the white female, to uh, all the responsibility for uh, the family and all of unpaid these- Unpaid labor. Unpaid labor, exactly. All these different parts of society that are geared towards that. Now, I do feel- an excellent, excellent, messy shift coming as far as the, the and breaking down the patriarchy. And let me be clear, men who are listening, that is not hatred of men. Right. It's breaking down those patriarchal systems that well, also put this into place. The thing is, the patriarchy has such negative impact on men too. Yes. It's not. It's not just women. You know, it's Amen. one of the things that, that that makes me fucking craziest is the way that men are portrayed to be these like stupid, helpless, can't control themselves, can't make good decisions. Women need to like basically control their lives and control their decisions. And it's so disempowering for both men and women. Mm. So, you know, the patriarchy works for the rich white men with a lot of money and power. Sure. That's the only people it works for really. And so, you know, men and women both get impacted by it. Men and women both get impacted by trauma. It just shows up really differently because our expectations for each are very different and the setup in the systems are very different. It definitely does. And then there's, there's that shame factor for them as Mm. well. And I, and I Mm -hmm. do think that's part of this breakdown too, of this breaking apart of this system is that men then can also step forward into, into their, their power as well. And then, 
and also talk about that piece. That, it's yeah. not just you're a pussy, you're a wimp, whatever right. horrible mm-hmm. words you want to put to that. And I, mm-hmm. but I love that this program, you're going to have this program that comes out because then if we both are working on that and I've been getting into the super woo uh, thing in my own life with the, with the, with the uh, Mars Venus situation, mm-hmm. I love okay. looking into the uh, masculine and feminine and mm-hmm. saying it in that sense, but not male and female. Female. Yep. I mean, Talk about putting, you know, putting your, um, you know, your they, them type of thing and just opening mm-hmm. that up so I can really get into, I'm in this, this masculine mindset, yeah. um, but not have that be about body parts. Parts. Yep. Yep. Totally. You know, for men who are listening, who, who maybe don't have kind of any information or, or resources or anything, uh, Terry Crews. Yeah. Yeah. He's got some, I love his fucking stuff when he came out and he talked about his own sexual assault and he talked about how that impacted him. And, and so that's really powerful for men. I think that's a really great resource. Oh, thank you for bringing that up. I remember that because Mm -hmm. that came out also with the me too movement and he was specifically harassed by a Hollywood director. And I mean, I was like, that's some ballsy shit right there. No pun intended. When he came out with that and he was unapologetic, he was very detailed about it. And he was not allowing a, but what about um, a type of mindset or a, and this is what happens with the Lana trauma, trauma comparison. Um, Mm -hmm. You do it in your own head of, well, this happened to me, but it wasn't as bad. It wasn't that that. bad. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Talk to me on that about how you, how you help people kind of own that so that you don't get that comparison game. So a lot of it is like one of my favorite sayings is to just recognize whether you're drowning in a teaspoon or drowning in an ocean, you're still fucking drowning. So I really love that. And just to remind people of that. And then we work, we work a lot with truth telling, right? Truth telling is a very powerful way of moving through trauma. And so really looking and digging into what is the truth of a situation and really not allowing ourselves to go down the path of, yeah, but this person had it so much worse. It's like, yeah, they did have it worse. And let's look at what happened with you, right? Mm -hmm. So it's acknowledging that, yeah, it can be worse because worse is also subjective. Sure. Oh my gosh. My worst can be uh, a lot worse. And that can depend on, you know, just think about even phobias. Like somebody's worst could be listening to somebody chew with their mouth open. You know what I'm saying? That could be absolute torture to them, but somebody else's could be, uh, you know, being, being kept, uh, being held captive, being held captive in, in a place where you can't afford to get out of a home. I know we're, we're really seeing a lot of that. And there, this, the trauma may be on the rise just with being in this pandemic and, It people is. being in very unsafe places mm-hmm. and, not and then and not able to get out. There's a, there's a really interesting place. And I, I know there's, there's more like this, but it's, I think it's called Harbor house out of Florida. And I love them because they, they set up a format where there are shelters, but there are shelters with dog shelters next to it where you, where people could take their pets with them. That's pets. one of the number because one reasons. Pets is one of the reasons. Yeah. Pets is one of the reasons that, um, women stay in abusive relationships is because they can't find somewhere to go that will accept their pet. Y'all, that's no joke. Like that, that seriously, this is a thing. Um, you know, and it, it, please, please look into that or be, be aware of that as well. I think the more, especially with our own trauma, but then learning empathy as well without taking on too much of it, that's a yep. balance. It's boundaries, right? It's learning boundaries. It's all about boundaries because 
when boundaries get obliterated, it's not just boundaries with other people. It's our own internal boundaries with ourselves. And that's, you know, when you were asking about like, how do we stop the comparison and boundary work is a lot of that too, you know, start doing the boundary work within ourselves. And it's hard fucking work. It's hard to learn boundaries as an adult. It's hard Damn. enough to learn that as a fucking kid when you're in the developmental stage that you're meant to be learning it. And never mind when you're an adult and you're, you know, 30, 40, 50, 60, and you're starting to learn. It's fucking hard. But you know, yeah. internal boundaries is the, the, the first place to start with that. Um, Give me some examples of that. Um, I'm in learn mode for internal boundaries. What are some of the ones that you think there are common that we, that we, we're not even paying attention to? Self-care. What is it? Self-care. Yeah. Not, and not the, is one of the, not the cutie big, spa name, right? Nope. Nope. But actually putting ourselves on our own list and Boom. being able to set the boundary of if I take care of myself, I can help others more. I can help others better rather than I need to just be draining myself dry because other people need me, which is really common for women. We're conditioned for that, but yeah. also really common for trauma survivors because it's the projection of caretaking and it's the projection of I'm going to do all the things that nobody did for me as a kid. I'm going to do all the things that nobody did for me in my life because I don't know how to do it for myself. So I'm going to externally put that. So it's, it's about turning that and learning how to do it for ourselves. And, and, and because having self-care as a boundary is learning to say no, mm -hmm. right? Learning how to say no to ourselves too. No, I'm not going to respond to this email at 11 o'clock at night. That's a self-care boundary, right? No, I'm not going to, uh, you know, work on a weekend because my client has asked me to, you right. know, no, I'm not going to, you know, take on this extra client when my, when I'm full because they really need help. That's a fucking big one is dog trainers are working themselves into the ground because, but the dog needs my help. Right. 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 And putting that boundary in place of if you burn yourself out, you can't fucking help anyone. Never mind all of these people that are paying you, right? So and there's really no medal. Yeah, there's no medal. There's no there's no big dip, gift. Don't fool yourself no. on that. I, and again, that no. goes back to social media and society and mm -hmm. so forth of that hustle mentality. And that mm -hmm. um, I mean, and, and look at my age because I'm 55. I was I remember the Anjali commercials. That's some mm. fucking bullshit. I don't know if you remember mm. that. I can bring home the bacon, fry it up in yep. a pan. It was this whole thing yep. about this woman. Um, and it was, you know, couched in this weird, sexy kind of cologne that went with it. It was like, Jesus, uh, people like that. It's, yeah. but it, it, it still exists in so many different mm -hmm. ways. So thank you for that clarification. That really, like my, I was like, I was super vibing <laughs> with that too, because that is so sneaky. Mm -hmm. It it's really is super, super sneaky. I've, I've mm -hmm. worked in the construction industry off and on for about 20 years. Mm -hmm. One of my other hats that I wear is a, is a hard hat. And, mm -hmm. uh, I, I love this job because I get to boss men around in, in, in right. a nice way, but I still get to be like, dude, clean that up. No, that's not right. going to work. It's all QA, QC work. But yeah. I, I did find myself because there's, they start super, super early, right? These, these guys are up at, and women are up at four or five o'clock in the morning. So they're always going. And I remember like, trying to get in this mindset of, of sending emails, you know, really late or really early to be like, look at me. I'm, and I just was finally like, stop it. Just stop. Mm -hmm. You know, nope. Nobody's really looking. You, I don't care what you think. And so taking that dialogue away of, um, yeah, setting up these hoops for us to jump through mm -hmm. that are really just draining. And I think a really, really important first step, um, that I work with all of my clients on is just 
acknowledging and recognizing where these messages come from mm. and where our trauma came from and the messages that that happens. Cause if we're not connected to that and we're not talking about it and you're right in the last four years, there's been a shift and we're talking about it more, but we're still not talking about it to the level that we need to. And so when we're not talking about it and we're not aware of where it comes from, people just think it's them. They think they're just broken. They're, they're fucked up. Right. So it's just than, talking. It's well, just, talking, talking about it in a safe place, right? Mm-hmm. Talking about yes. it in a way that where there's no judgment and there's just acceptance and there's, you know, very kind of very factual about mm-hmm. it. So we understand yeah. where it comes from. Yeah. Enunciating, like, like enunciating where that is, because in some ways what has been happening in the last four or five years, and it's necessary as well, because sometimes these changes take, uh, take a while to, to take hold is everybody's getting their story out and more people mm-hmm. are being heard. But, mm-hmm. and, um, but, the, but when it's sometimes when it is just like this talking or clanging or all these voices out there that aren't really leading towards something, but that sounds like starting with an inside job as well. It really does. It, it, because if we can't admit it to ourselves, we're never going to be able to do anything about it, right? So we have to know where it comes from in order to heal it. Because when we know where it comes from, then we can really look at the truth of things and be like, okay, so that's the messaging that I've gotten for the past 40 years. But is that actually true? What's the evidence? And mm. once we start looking at the evidence, because the thing that happens with our brains, trauma, but not always with trauma, is that we, we prove that narrative right to ourselves over and over and over again. Right. And my narrative was, I'm just here to be hurt. I'm Mm. like the, I'm like the universe's garbage disposal and people are just going to treat me like shit because that's Mm. my role on this planet. Right. And that was, that was the messaging that had been proven over and over and over to me, you know, growing up, but it wasn't the truth. It was such an erroneous message, but that I bought into and believed because that's how true it felt. Right. And so one of the biggest things around working through trauma is starting to learn how to differentiate our thoughts and our feelings and our behavior. Cause those three are so different and they don't have to, just because you're feeling a certain way doesn't mean our behavior has to match that. That was the biggest fucking thing I learned. And it took me fucking decades to learn that, that I don't have to behave in the same way that I'm feeling. Right. And I think for a lot of people with trauma, because those feelings are just so big and there's no boundaries and there's no practicing of self-soothing and there's no, um, you know, being able to do anything other than survive the thought that you can behave differently when you've got this giant, big fucking emotion here is, is so foreign. And when, when my, my therapist first told me about that, I laughed at her. I was like, yeah, uh-huh, sure. You don't know how I feel. (laughs) That's a big pipe dream, but thanks for playing. Totally. (laughs) Yep. And then now I'm like, fuck, she was right. And that's what I work a lot of my clients with. Because when we when we recognize that our thoughts impact our feelings, impact our behaviors, we can figure out which of those is the easiest to start with changing. And usually it's either our thoughts or our behaviors, right? Or the easiest to change. Um, And then we can start doing that and we can actually start. And it's hard fucking work and it takes Mm -hmm. a lot of time, but Mm -hmm. it's doable. Right. And when we start recognizing that we are in control, it's so fucking empowering because it's like, yes, this is the trauma. The shit happened to me. I could do nothing about that, but I can damn sure do something about what I'm doing going forward and how I'm going to show up in the world and whether I'm going to allow that to, you know, completely fuck me up for, for my entire life or whether I'm going to take it and turn it into something that's going to make a fucking difference in the world. And that's going to allow me to move through it. Like, and that's so empowering. That's huge. I just feel like I went to to the, the if you're listening to this and that's (laughs) yay, no, that's, I don't want to church. (laughs) 
what I want to say to people, if you're listening to that and it pisses you off, then that's good, right? Because like, it's good to be pissed off about that because it means that you're connecting with it on some level, even if you're not sure yet. Like the okay. first time I heard that and they're like, you can be in control. I was like, fuck you. I can't be in control. I'm a fucking victim. I've been a victim my whole fucking life. Don't you fucking tell me I'm in control because that's not fucking helpful. And I got really angry about it. And then it was that anger propelled me to do more research into it and, and keep moving and keep like getting through it and it's true and it is so empowering because we are in control of ourselves can't control what the world does or what other people do we can fucking control ourselves and our responses thank you for doing the work on this it's so helpful which you know what part of what happens too when you're talking about those patterns is see mm -hmm. it'll it'll happen again you're like see i was right i'm yep, always going right. to be yep. this garbage disposal i'm always going to be these things and and so that that period of working of you know the anger and getting out of those thought pressures. I mean that that's going to take some work. It does take uh, yep. some work, but oh my god, mm -hmm. so worth it. And then it feels like too once you pass that milestone. Yes, you may have a couple bobbles here and here and there, but it's that muscle, and it's mm -hmm. going to. Yeah. It feels like it, it gets harder for you to actually fall back into fall those back. Old totally. mindsets. And I do yep. love I I love the power of the hard stop no of mm. you know it to yourself and to other people. There's so many so many ways back back when we were still you know, meeting up with people. I used to say like, don't stop with the death by coffee or wine. You don't need to mm -hmm. meet up with everybody. You don't have to give yourself away. And that a lot mm -hmm. of people were doing that too, of just meeting with folks or give, give, give. And so this mm -hmm. is so empowering. We are almost at half an hour. You've given so many good <laughs> truth bombs. So thank you for doing that. It, yeah. it is messy work. Yep. It really is. And I think that's the it's hard work and it's really scary. And so a lot of yeah. people are too scared and feel too overwhelmed to start doing the work because it's like, I'm barely surviving. Now you want me to do more work? Like how, how? but the truth is that it's not about doing more work. It's about taking the energy that you're already putting into stuff and just shifting it into a place that's going to give you different results. So it's not about, oh, now you have to find more internal reserves or more internal resolve or, you know, be more. It's what you're already doing. We're just going to shift that so that you're actually getting the results that you want rather than just surviving. And that's really big for people is to recognize you don't need to somehow have, an, you know, more. You just have to just shift where your focus is and what you're doing and the energy that you're already using. It's such a typical response to just throw more at it. Of course. In, yeah. in a sense. And, mm -hmm. uh, and I do truly feel like I'm at the pulpit of Aaron, the, uh, the agnostic <laughs> non-religious let's get, some, get some shit right folks. You know, <laughs> I love this. So any, uh, closing thoughts for everybody? I, I really want, we're going to have in all the show notes where to reach out to Aaron as well, because these new programs that are coming out, I'm fucking pumped. Those are yeah, gonna be I'm really excited about them. Yep. Right. I'm, I'm putting together a mindset program, um, that's going to shift outside of the dog training industry. So for women entrepreneurs in general, and then the, the men's program that we were talking about, but the final thoughts like on that note is, you know, whether it's, it's reaching out to me or reaching out to me or reaching out to whoever is that we cannot do it alone. We cannot heal from trauma alone. Okay. It, it's, it, it's impossible to do, right? But that doesn't mean that everybody that we come into contact with is going to be able to help us, help us with it either, right? And that's the mistake that people make is reaching out to the wrong people and then getting re-traumatized, right? So it's really got to be someone that you feel safe with. Um, it's got to be someone that understands what they're fucking doing. Just because someone has been through trauma doesn't mean that they understand how to help you get out of it either, right? Oh, like, such a good distinction because that could just be that codependent 
uh, group totally. group trauma thing as well. Uh, yep. Any any quick tips on recognizing that person? I love Spidey Sense. I love being you know being grounded and and getting a good um, a good read on folks. But any tips for people on how how to find yeah. the, the good group or the good people to work with? Checking in as much as you can, like we were talking about, it's sometimes hard to trust your gut, but checking in as much as you can with what resonates with you and why it resonates. The why is really important too, yeah. why it resonates. Um, but just have a look and like the big tell for me is how do people react when they are under stress, when their buttons are pushed, when they are, you know, not sitting in front of the camera all made up and having a conversation, like how do they react in real life stuff? Because that tells you a lot about where someone's at with their own trauma stuff and whether they can actually be helpful or whether it'll just be button pushing. Cause everybody, I mean, like my clients, the work I do with my clients is some of my biggest healing work that I do with myself because their stuff brings up my stuff. And I'm like, Oh, here we are. But I'm able to recognize where my shit ends and their shit starts. Right. And that's really important. You don't want someone whose shit is going to like intermingle with yours. And now you're just one big shit show with them. You know, they need to be really clear and like, this is mine. That's yours. And yeah. here's how we're going to help you. And also look for people who will tell you, Ooh, I can't help you. You need a therapist or, Oh, I can look for someone who will say that's not in my wheelhouse. Right. Because you don't want people who are like, yeah, I can do everything. Nobody can fucking do everything. That's right. That's part of the problem too. That is some good shit, by the way. <laughs> All of that. I appreciate that <laughs> clarification. One last question for you. What is your favorite swear word or swear phrase, expletive, your favorite thing to say when you're just like, what the fuck? You know, that kind of thing. Give me some of that. Jesus fuck. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> Jesus fuck. And that'll sometimes, depending on how angry I am, will turn into Jesus fucking Christ on a galloping fucking donkey. That is kind of the one that usually gets the most of my emotions out. I like how it has different versions. <laughs> depends on uh, depends on the stress level. I just saw a really uh -huh. funny meme the other day and it was an old timey clock and it was a picture of Jesus looking at the clock and the meme was, Jesus, look at the time. So... <laughs> There you go. <laughs> Thank you for all the good information. We appreciate you yeah. so much. Y'all uh, check out Erin. Yes. And look at, check out her information. I'm going to play this several times because this was some juicy goodness. So thank you. Yay. Thank you. Ah, that was good. As someone who's experienced trauma through the years, and let's face it, who hasn't, this was a very powerful conversation. And dang, do I dig talking to an F-bomb spirit sister. The profanity power in me was energized. If you'd like to learn more about Erin and all the great work she's doing, you can reach out at dogbizcoach.com. If you like this episode, please do all the things. Like, share with your friends, subscribe, and leave me a review, especially if it's a good one. If you really like the podcast and you want to show it, head on over to shitwedonttalkaboutpodcast.com, click on the Patrons button, and become a full-time supporter of the podcast. And... If you want your very own podcast, but you don't know where to start, go to helix-interactive.com and get yourself some. Thanks for tuning in. See you next time. Bye.